Hey, what's going on? This is The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and today I'm talking to Hillary. We have a success story, and this is kind of like on the early side. So Hillary is making about $100 per month from ads and affiliate revenue. Her site's about two years old, and we're going to dig into it. So Hillary, how's it going today? Hey, Doug, it's going awesome. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I'm pumped. And we actually connected, I think, a year or two ago. I I can't quite remember. So can you share the story how we started emailing? Yeah. So yeah, it was like a year or two ago. And I had come across your website. And I started reading some of your content because I was in the process of building out my own website and diving deeper onto the SEO side of things. And I emailed you some question. I I think, yeah, it was like I emailed you a question and then we went back and forth on that. And then I think we even talked about working together on backlink stuff or like you having me do some backlink stuff. And uh, then we all like, yeah, just a lot of random emails going <laughs> okay. back and forth since then. <laughs> so, so I'll fill in another detail, which hopefully this is correct. We obviously didn't rehearse this ahead of time. So I was doing some work on Haro. So I say Haro, I think you say Haro, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. This is, so yes. Now you now got I it. Remember. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So you reached out or sorry. Yeah. You were on Haro and then I responded to one of your Haro, Haro requests and it was about SEO you got it. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. We, we and then you started. Like, yeah. Yeah. So okay, initially, yes. yeah. So you replied, you responded back. I used your response and then you checked out my blog and then you were like, oh, I'm interested in keyword research. And that's how it all got started. And yeah. So now a few years later, like we've emailed a couple of times and, and you were like, hey, I have a few, few uh, like success story pieces, a couple questions. So that's why you're here. Now, what is your like profession, day job? Like what what are you into and what do you do? Yeah, I'm a freelance marketer and it's mainly in SEO, um, social media, content writing. Okay. And yeah, so I was full-time in that role for about seven years. And then around the end of 2019, I um, switched over from full-time to freelance remote work. Okay, got it. And what's your degree in? Uh, Communications. Okay, so then you got into marketing. And how was that world? I've never worked in a marketing agency or like any of that kind of stuff. So broadly speaking, what was it like? Oh, that's a big question. Uh, It's exciting and it's very creative, uh, but it's also like sometimes certain activities, it's hard to see the fruits of your labor, I'd say. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So there's a reason <laughs> you you went uh, part-time and, and went the freelance route. We had the pandemic, right? Is that, did, did that time frame like line okay. up? Okay. I did, I made this huge life change right before the pandemic. So everyone's like, oh, like, you know, the quarantine change and all this. I'm like, no, I decided this on my own before that. Um, yeah. And basically I wanted to, I've always wanted to be my own boss and make passive income. And so I decided 
why should I keep putting all these marketing efforts towards other brands when I could just build out my own brand? Uh, so I thought, you know, also working part-time would give me that extra time to focus on my own brand, um, which it has done that. And it's just, it's been an exciting and uh, slow process at times, but I, I love it. So I wouldn't go back to full-time desk job life. I don't see myself ever going back to that. Amen. Yeah, I, I agree. So one thing I didn't mention in the intro that I want to throw out here is, um, you know, you're making a modest amount at $100 per month. But one thing that you've been able to do is get crazy backlinks. Um, you've been able to promote your site really well, um, highly effective in social media areas, I think. So we're going to talk a lot about those specific details. Now, you were exposed to the you know marketing ideas and SEO and you learned on the job. So that's great. How did you um, learn about like niche websites and that you could actually like earn money on your own? Yeah, that happened. Well, I want to preface it by saying before I be went remote, uh, my full-time job was actually in outreach and backlink building. And that's where I learned all about Harrow and how to build relationships with publications. And I think that's kind of the segue that led me down this path of learning about affiliate marketing and how to build relationships and actually make money off of this stuff. Um, yeah, so it's all kind of blended together. Okay. Yeah, so th when did you start um, thinking, hey, I maybe could build a site of my own? Pretty much right when I went freelance, I was like, I want to come up with some lifestyle topic that I can focus my website on and start putting content out there. Even if it's not SEO optimized, just start getting stuff out there. Um, so yeah, pretty much right away. Okay, cool. And then had you built a site before that uh, ever or was this like really your first website? This was pretty much my first website. I think I'd made like a WordPress.com like movie review blog many years ago. And that's about it. Okay, cool. And let's break down some of the revenue. So it's about $100. Can you tell us where that's coming from? Yeah, so it's mainly two sources and that's Amazon Affiliates and Google AdSense. Um, I'd say like, 60 to 70% of it is coming from Amazon affiliates and then the other 30, 20 to 30% from Google AdSense. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cool. And we did, um, we were talking before we re were recording, you do have a couple other affiliate programs. So are, are there a lot of those options in your industry? Yeah, there are actually. And I am yeah, an affiliate with a lot of other random brands, but those just have not, those are a lot harder to get traction for, I have found. Um, so like, yeah, there are a couple products that do contribute to my monthly earnings, but again, it's like a sliver of total earnings. Okay. And do you envision, like, do you think those can get bigger? Is there enough uh, search volume and interest or is it just kind of obscure yeah, I think there is. Uh, it depends on how big the topic is. So it's like in this, you know, 
lifestyle industry, there's so many small companies coming out with so many products and it is fun to like work with them and maybe review one of their products and stuff, but you don't really know if they're going to take off and be a super successful brand or like, are they going to, you know, plummet in one or two years? Because right now they have decent search volume, but not a ton of keyword difficulty. So it's like, Ooh, maybe in five years, if they do really well, like I could be making lots of money, but, um, you know, it's that gamble, right? Right. It's hard to, you know, you get to plant a lot of seeds, but yeah, you don't know if it's going to work out. Gotcha. Right. Okay. So it's a decent spread and we'll come back to the AdSense thing in a, in a few minutes here. I want to go back to like when you selected, um, the niche and why you picked it and the keyword research and stuff, but we'll just, we'll aim at the the front part of that. Why'd you pick the niche and do you have tips for people? Yeah. Uh, I picked the niche because it was something that I was working on in my own life and I was about to really dive into that world myself. So it's like, well, obviously the easiest way to do this is to just start documenting my own experience um, and I, it is a niche that a lot of people are interested in. Um, so, but it's a, but it's a hard thing to do. <laughs> this is hard. Right. To <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was like, this seems like a great opportunity to maybe educate people on this and just be totally honest about my own experience. Um, cause it's easy to glamorize the lifestyle or, you know, but it's, it's harder to show the more difficult sides of it. <laughs> okay. So you, you were about to, I mean, you were already obsessed with what, with the topic area. So you were like, may as well do a side on it. Okay. And yeah. early on, did you even do any keyword research? No. Okay. And do you feel like that's held you back in any way or did it matter at all? In some ways, I think it held me back, but in other ways, like one of my first articles is still consistently ranking for a great keyword on page one. And I just had sat down and wrote all about my own experience and the details of it. And um, like, you know, so it, again, it's so hit or miss, right? Some topics don't rank for anything still two years later and other ones are still ranking really well. Um, yeah. Which to me just points out that the power of quality content, right? Like if you're actually conveying really helpful information, even if it's not SEO optimized, sometimes that doesn't matter. And I take it from your previous full-time work, you you wrote a lot of content, right? Yeah. So are you working with any writers? Do you write everything on your site? I write everything on my site. Uh, I did do a stint where I tried hiring Upwork writers and, uh, you know, providing them with outlines that I had SEO optimized. And I think I only had four articles written by Upwork writers. And they um, actually, yeah, that was another thing that I used from your website was um, that like template on how to, you know, work with Upwork writers and how to give them outlines and all that. That was like, super useful. So thank you. Um, 
And I still found myself wanting to make so many changes with the articles, though, that I was like, you know what, I have the time, but I don't have the money right now. So I went back to just writing it for myself. Got it. And once you started aiming for specific keywords, what was your general approach? <laughs> this sounds like <laughs> the KGR, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. So well, in the beginning of my site, I... um yeah, the yeah, keyword golden ratio, right? Um, I just wanted stuff to rank. I wanted to see, it was like a game to me where it's like, okay, you know, supposedly this formula will help me rank. Will it actually? And it did. So I think I first got my bearings on some super uh, small search volume keywords. And then like as my site's grown, I've tried to target bigger keywords that might be more difficult, but my site has more authority. So, um, yeah. Okay. And what is the domain rating on your site? Uh, it's 22. 22. Okay. So, and I was going to say, you know, the KGR, it's good. It like got you moving in the right direction, but yeah, your site's been around for a little while. You have some pretty great backlinks, so you should be able to rank for some other stuff, especially if you're, um, approaching it with like an intentional way that you're, you're trying to rank for things. Cause I suspect in the beginning you were like, I'm doing this activity. I want to document this activity and maybe there's a couple keywords related to it, but it wasn't like you were documenting it because you were doing it, not because it was a good keyword in quotes. So, right. Yeah. All right. So any other keyword tips, uh, any, any other, like, do you aim for a lot of informational or is it more like product focused? Uh, oh, gosh, it's probably half and half. I okay. try to be a resource center, but also, you know, work the affiliate side of things with product reviews. Um, yeah. Okay. I've, yeah. So for the product reviews, are you actually reviewing products that you have in your possession? Um, or is it more, more general where you're just doing research and compiling information? Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, I was just reviewing products I already had. And then I would, you know, see if I could work with their affiliate program. Um, since joining a bunch of affiliate platforms, I've had a bunch of brands reach out to me saying like, Hey, do you want to do a review and, you know, we'll send you a product and this and that. So I've also done that approach. Um, wait, there was one other way that I was going to say, uh, I can't recall. Anyway. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> All right, cool. So yeah, anything else keyword wise, or like as you're looking at content or research, you refer to like your competitors very often. Is that helpful? Yeah, it is. Um, the big one for me is trying to stick to a certain hub topic and then, you know, using spoke topics to build that natural flow of topics and, you know, show Google you're really an expert on whatever the topic is. Uh, so it's like that balance between doing that, but then also writing about keywords that actually have some search volume behind them. Um, right. Yeah. And, and what is the, I forgot to ask this. Uh, yeah. What's the traffic currently? Um, according to Ahrefs, it's like 
four point two. So yeah, four thousand two hundred organic traffic a month. Um, okay. And I. Do you track? Yeah. Oh, do you ahead. track that on Google Analytics as well, or? I do. Yeah. And okay. Do you know? What I think that that's is? like. Yeah, it's like seven seventy five hundred a month users or new users. Okay. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, a lot of times HREFs is uh, a low estimate and you get more long tail traffic. So about 7,500 visitors per month, it sounds like. Cool. Very good. Yeah. And I'm glad you cleared that up too because I didn't know which to trust. I'm like, Google Analytics and HREFs, like, why are they so different? <laughs> yep. Yeah. HREFs just, you know, they use their algorithm based on where you rank in the search volume. So that's where the estimate comes from, I think. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So it's believable. So, all right. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Content wise. So you're writing all the content. You tried to work with some writers, but you just had to have it your way. So you were like, I'll just <laughs> write it myself. Um, <laughs> any other uh, interesting approaches to your content, uh, formatting images, anything like that? Yeah, I take 99% of all my own photos for whether it's, you know, guides on how to do stuff or products or whatever. It's like, I want to use my own photos. I make sure to optimize them for size. And even when I like name the photos, I give them certain meta tags. Just, I try to keyword optimize everything um, and make content really easily digestible. So lots of subheaders, bullet points, lists, um, pictures. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It just makes it easy to read, easy to skim and all that kind of stuff. Very good. Yeah. All right. So before we get to the link building area, you did mention the keyword golden ratio, and I am not sure if the KGR fits into this story I'm going to prompt you for, but we were talking uh, right before we recorded about a certain keyword that you found that was a pretty good search volume and virtually no competition and I'll set it up for you. So can you tell us that story? Yeah. Um, I came across this keyword in Ahrefs and I was like blown away at the search volume and how allegedly easy it was to rank for it. And, um, you know, it was keyword uh, like apps like Rover. So when I Googled that, it was all these tech websites ranking for that. And like, I'm not a tech website, but I basically, I just wrote this article uh, based off of the top ranking articles. And I did my, all my own research. I spent probably a few hours researching these different things. And within 24 hours, I was ranking on page one of Google for that keyword. Uh, it was low, but I was ranking there. So, and it has jumped up a little since okay. then. What was the search volume? Uh, it was 900. Okay. And yeah, it's pretty cool that you can rank that quickly, especially your site is totally out of place in the on the first page there. And I think, you know, based on what I know, people that would search for it would probably like want to read your information, not the tech sites. So what, what do you think of that? Is that a good assumption? That's actually a great point I hadn't even thought of. Yeah, it's like people, yeah, 
<laughs> looking for this, I think they're going to be a lot more higher likelihood in my boat than in these tech websites boats. Right. And I think, yeah, I think like when you have the tech websites, sometimes it's just whatever a staff writer, they don't know anything about like the actual product or using it. They're just writing it based on the specs or whatever is described on, you know, the app exactly. website. So in yours is like, you, you know, the industry, you know, like what people care about. So very cool. And how long ago did you publish it? Just curious. Probably a month or a month and a half ago. Okay. And it's just kind of slowly moving up. Yeah, I've made a few uh, tweaks to it to help it rank. And I think it's in position six now. So awesome. Yeah. And is it um, is it something where you can get like referral revenue? Or is it basically informational? With this one right now, I, it's just informational, which hurts a little to be like, yeah. oh, man, <laughs> I can't get money off of this. Yeah. Um, it, well, and I wonder, um, you know, since it's an app and I don't know if it's, I don't know if it would work, but since it is an app, you may be able to refer people to like the app store or the Google store and earn some money there. But yeah, I don't know. It, oh, it would, yeah. Yeah. It probably wouldn't be as like high commission rate, but maybe something cool. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about link building. So you did this for your job. So can you actually, let's go back and talk about your, your uh, experience there. So did you know much about SEO before you got started at the company and just talk about your journey as you were learning about link building? Yeah. Uh, well, first I spent four years at a tech startup and that was like, we were a super small marketing team. So I learned about, it was very high level, like content marketing, SEO stuff, all these different areas of digital marketing. But then my next job. So, oh, let me say in that role, I learned how to reach out to like influencers for webinars and collaborate on, you know, podcasts or webinars um, or eBooks. And that's where I was like, hey, I really enjoy this process of finding these people, figuring out how we can work together for free, ideally, uh, and, you know, get in front of each other's audiences. So then that kind of naturally led me to my next job in outreach and link building. Um, and yeah, it was everything from writing guest posts for publications to, um, you know, just using Harrow. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, oh, to, to making like natural or, uh, organic content pieces where you have your own data that, you know, news outlets might want to share your findings for those big bursts of outlinks or, um, backlinks. Sorry. Sure. Gotcha. It's like outreach and backlink combined <laughs> outlink. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'm just curious. So like, I guess you were in the marketing world, but when I learned about SEO, it all seemed, I mean, it came in with an open mind, but did you think at any point with all the link building, like this is just weird. Like we're just like sharing content and linking back and forth. What are we even doing here? And that was your full-time job. Any thoughts like that? <laughs> 
Yes and no. When I first learned about SEO, I I never thought I would end up enjoying it or being interested in it because it just seemed like this confusing mess of things that weren't flashy or interesting in my mind, you know? Um, Yeah, but then when I was actually, yeah, in that outreach role where I started to really learn the value of, you know, people are just part of the equation in terms of having authority on the internet and Google plays such a big role and you have to be reputable in Google's eyes too. So that was eye opening. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay. So you talked about Haro a little bit and that's how we met. And can you provide some tips for us since you, I think you've probably done more work in Haro than a lot of people that I know. So yeah, can you kind of break it down first? Um, you know, what is it in case people don't know what it is and then some of the specifics that you learned along the way? Yeah, so Harrow, <laughs> I have to call it Harrow, <laughs> um, stands for help a reporter out. And basically you can sign up for free as a reporter or uh, a source. And three times a day, Monday through Friday, you get emails um, for reporters looking for sources to cite in their articles. And if you happen to be an expert on a topic, you can reach out and, you know, if they like your response, then ideally they backlink to your website. Um, And I can, I'm happy to share, yeah, some specifics on. Yeah, please. Yeah, I recommend... Yeah, responding as quickly as possible, getting to the point in your email as quickly as possible, writing clearly, using good grammar, telling them exactly how to cite you. Um, And yeah. Okay. So the emails come out three times a day. Did you ever sign up for the, the paid version where... I think you are notified or you, at least you can get access to one of the requests as soon as it's approved. Did you ever use the, use a paid version? I didn't, I didn't know that was an option actually. Okay. Yeah. And I've heard some people, it gives you a little bit of a jump. Um, I mean, I think you have to either kind of monitor it more closely. I'm not sure if a notification email is sent to you, um, like through the day that could be a little overwhelming if you ended up with like you know, hundreds of emails through the day, but I know there is a paid version and it does give you a little bit like earlier access, but that could be helpful to reply quickly. So yeah, totally. Is there, um, like a length or a number of bullet points or something like that, that you found to be ideal most of the time it works? Yeah. Uh, I'd say like three to five bullet points, I mean, depends, it depends on what the reporter, you know, is looking for. Sure. But if, yeah, if they aren't super specific in their request, then yeah, I try to keep it to like three to five bullet points and clear sentences, clear definitions between each point. Um, yeah, because no, no reporter is going to sit there reading like some huge response there. They're going to get a bunch of responses. So right. you got to be fast and quick. And do you always use like bullet points or sometimes you send back like a few sentences, a short paragraph? 
Yeah, sometimes I do a short paragraph. Sometimes like if they're asking for your own, your own personal experience with something, those are usually just two short paragraphs I'll send. Okay. And then as far as like um, linking to you and, and using you as a reference, how, how do you denote that? Um, I like, how do I sign off in my messages with that or... Yeah, like how do you how do you describe where you want them to link? Yeah, I just say, you know, I hope this response was useful. If if you decide to use my request, please cite me as blah 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 blah. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll leave so, it straightforward. Okay, so just yeah, simple. And what what mistakes do you think people are making? Obviously, you don't know how people are responding, but. Yeah, what issues do you think people are having when they're trying to use Haro, but like, you know, they, they're not successful? You know what, I can, for one of my marketing jobs, I was on the other side of it, actually, where I was putting out requests. So I did get to see okay. what people generally respond. And it is scary out there. Oh, my gosh. A lot of people kick off their responses with a novel about why they're so qualified and all of their accomplishments. And it's like... I don't need any of that. Just give me what I asked for in the first paragraph. It's, you know, if you want to include that at the bottom, cool. But like, you're killing your own chances here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just too long, especially like a, a biography. Like, you don't want to see that. And like I talked about, I mean, I, I submitted a few of these to see what responses came back. So I was more familiar, but yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting. People are very, um, long winded. Like I, I don't think unless someone specifies in the request, they usually just want something short and quick. Right. Exactly. And I think people need to put themselves in the seats of the reporters more where it's like, reporter isn't going to quote you for a paragraph or two. Like, as you said, they want a sentence or two. So give them a really crisp, clean sentence with some unique piece of information and then tell them how you want to be cited. Like just, yeah, Yeah. super simple. Did you get into any other link building for this particular site? Um, you mean, you mean beyond Harrow? Uh, I did. I reached out to other, um, you know, influencers or like authoritative sites, basically competitors really in my Mm -hmm. industry, because I've taken some blogging classes and they say, try to not see them as competitors, you know, have that uh, don't have scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. And I've been so pleasantly surprised at how uh, willing, you know, competitors are are to collaborate with me and, you know, link to each other. And I also have reached out to like general resource websites around my topic to um, just say, Hey, I'd love to do a guest post about whatever. Um, And that's been effective as well. Okay. And were those cold emails you just found contact? Okay. Some of them, yeah, I found them through social media first and we had already been connected on there and then other ones were just cold. Got it. And I think, you know, one reason why that probably worked out well for you, one, you reached out via social media. So like you already had a 
contact and you already were friendly. But also on your website, you have the you know specific other places that you were featured. So it adds a whole lot of uh, like social proof and authority and trust behind it. So if someone lands on your website, they're like, oh yeah, you've been featured in these other big outlets. So probably you're going to be all right as a guest poster. Totally. That's a great point. Yeah. And I'll say too, with social media, I think it helps to have a following. At least it doesn't hurt. Um, I think that's just another way to build some level of authority for anyone checking you out. Mm -hmm. How many, um, followers do you have on, uh, social media, like in a broad sense? I have 6,000. <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, it's like 60 or like around 6,000 on Instagram. And really that's my biggest channel. My other ones are still probably under a thousand. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. And then did you, have you gotten into TikTok? Oh man, I have dabbled in TikTok and it has not come naturally to me. So that one I haven't put a ton of focus on in the last many months. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I know. Um, well, I deleted it off my phone because it was just uh, a time suck. And I was like, this is not making my life better at all. And uh, <laughs> the algorithm was showing me some uh, unsavory things, you know, like they, they know you really well. And uh, yeah, you look at one fitness video and then it's like all women in swimsuits or something. So... <laughs> That's just how it goes. But Oh, it's such it, a black hole, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I took it off my phone. But a lot of people are like, yeah, it's great, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so your your area, it's Instagram that goes pretty well. Do you have any tips for people that are like, I want to grow a following and I want to put time in and, and make this you know, part of the work that I'm doing? Yeah, in the beginning of doing my website, I did focus hard on Instagram. And one of the best ways I grew my following was by looking at the accounts that promote that type of content that I was putting out and basically analyzing those like, you know, what kind of photos do they feature? Why do they feature them? So tailoring my own content to match that and then tagging them in those posts or messaging them and saying, Hey, like, I'd love it if you featured me. That was a good way to get followers. Okay. Um, and then in the beginning, was it like pretty slow to get the first say thousand followers or something like that? Yeah, it was pretty slow. Um, I was super aggressive about it then. It kind of makes me laugh because I'm pretty much kind of over Instagram right now, but, um, you know, it was a matter of following certain hashtags, liking or commenting on tons of the most recent posts in those hashtags. And then, you know, if someone commented back, maybe following them, I never did the follow for follow or like follow someone and then they follow you and then you unfollow them. I never did that, but I did follow a lot of accounts that I'm like, okay, that was dumb. Why did I do that? Like, I don't sure. need to follow all these accounts. Um, okay. Yeah. And then did you focus um, more like on the, the images and stuff or did you put a lot into the um, the body of the, what do you call it? Just the content of the oh, yeah. message? Caption. Caption, yeah. Uh, both really. I mean, I've always been into photography anyway. I've taken some classes on it. So 
I enjoyed trying to make a very attractive photo for a post. And then with my captions, that did not come naturally. I'm not, I'm a pretty private person, but at the time it was like the more open and honest and raw you can be and like treat it as your diary. So I was writing these like long captions about my experience, which is cool to look back on and see in hindsight. Um, and people resonate with that, right? They, they like to, they can relate to that experience. Um, so that was cool, but it, it did take a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of work. Not for me, not for me. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to, we're going to shift and we're going to, this is an ad. So we're going to talk about Ezoic. They sponsor these and I appreciate working with them. So one thing that you mentioned, Hillary, was you just have AdSense on your site. And I, I saw the ads there and I was like, oh, what is this? So um, why are you using AdSense and not a different ad network? I honestly didn't put a ton of research into what ad platform I wanted to use. And just in my mind, it was like Google ads is what I know I can use. I trust it. Uh, so yeah, I just defaulted to it. Okay. And I think, I think you should maybe look at Ezoic. I'll, uh, talk to you afterwards and make sure you get the right contact info. But generally, um, AdSense, not always, but generally AdSense, because it's so easy to implement, it does pay the the lowest. And if you go to a different ad network, there's more um, advertisers. So the, the uh, ad revenue is bid up a little bit higher and it's more valuable for you. And there's a bit more like upfront work. So one thing that I think you mentioned was like, you already had AdSense going, the code was in there, it's working, you're earning a little bit of money, but you're in a spot where, you know, your traffic is growing. It's actually growing quite a bit over the last few months here. So there's a good chance once you get over the initial like setup, you know, there's some overhead to integrate things, but once you get over that, usually it's pretty quick. Um, of maybe like a, a quarter or so when Ezoic optimizes the ads and understands your site and they do A-B testing and all that kind of stuff. So then hopefully you'd earn more. So we'll uh, talk about it later and maybe you could check it out and it would boost your earnings like almost like right away. Okay. So. Hey, I'm all ears, you know, I'm cool. trying to make a nice dime off of this. So <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> Perfect. And then uh, additionally, you know, we were talking about the analytics before, but there's a, they call it big data analytics on Ezoic. And it's just a, a full dashboard where you can break down uh, like different metrics and see like which pages are earning the most, which pages are getting the most traffic, that kind of an obvious one and a bunch of other different ways to like slice and dice and see like, uh, is it mobile traffic? Is it desktop or, or whatever? So a lot of these different pieces that can give you insights on, you know, maybe a certain piece of content is usually looked up on a desktop and bigger ads can be shown. So it's like earning more money, stuff like that. So Anyway, I like that. we'll check it out. And yeah. yeah, on a random side note, when I first launched Google Ads, it was last October, I think. And I was super pumped. I was making, for me anyway, it's exciting, like over a dollar a day, maybe three to five bucks a day. And I was like, woohoo. And then 
it was growing, 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 and then just totally plateaued and then just started going downhill. And it's kind of been doing that since. And it didn't seem to totally correlate with my site traffic either. It was odd. I didn't, I couldn't pinpoint what was happening and I've kind of been stuck with it too. Gotcha. Um, I think part of it, you know, the retail season, if you put it in, in October, Mm -hmm. like uh, there's more advertisers, more money at the end of the year. And then of course, right now we're recording in like mid July, 2022, we're like kind of in a recession. Inflation's crazy. So advertisers and yeah, advertisers aren't spending as much and they're like, we don't know what's going to happen. So there's just a bit of uncertainty. So I, I have heard and seen like even affiliate revenue is down. People aren't spending quite as much and then advertisers are not spending as much either. So could be a couple of things, but anyway, thanks to Ezoic and I'm starting to sneak the ads in, in conversation. So people don't even know it. And they, they listen because we're, we're still talking about normal stuff. Okay. We'll talk about mistakes now. So any mistakes along the way um, from starting the site or ev- even more recent stuff? Uh, probably my first initial mistake was launching my website on Wix. Uh, I used it because at the time, that's what my sister was using to run her doggy daycare, but she was running a business, like a local business. So it made sense for her. And I just, I was like, oh, she's using it. She likes it. So I'll use that. And I didn't do any research on that. And it was probably a year later that I was like, oh, I need to be on WordPress because Wix has no SEO optimization. It's not made for this kind of stuff that I want to do. But um, migrating my content over to WordPress from Wix was a nightmare because it's like one of the few platforms that doesn't talk to WordPress or something. I'm not like a lot of times it's as simple as just, you know, sending a code over or something. And that was, yeah, not the case for me. It was all manual. So that was a big learning curve there. Um, and I'd say in the beginning, I wasn't writing with SEO in mind, but I don't regret that because that's just naturally how I started. Um, i trying to think too. I do think it's important. Like there's have been some new products that have come out in my lifestyle that I didn't jump on the bandwagon right away. And I watched them explode in popularity. And those would have been great keyword opportunities with, that I wish I had jumped on right away. Um, but now they're really competitive and yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, the migration, like any, anytime you have to migrate to another platform, there's always headaches, even like just changing a WordPress theme sometimes can leave artifacts. So yeah. Have you switched themes too or? Um, I've up, well, I've updated themes, which yeah, that's been a whole thing in itself. Um, I was like adding all this tracking code or specific code in the parent theme and not in the child theme. So then when it updated, like I lost my Google analytics for a week because of that. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, going to the school hard knocks. Yeah. Okay. Any other mistakes? Um, none big. Oh, also just look out for your site speed. Cause that was another thing I was like, why, 
is my site maybe not growing as much or whatever? And then come to find out it was just loading really slowly for people. So um, I, I actually hired someone that I had worked with in a previous blogging course to work on that. And so that's been awesome. Um, Got it. Okay. Yeah. So how has the success of this site impacted your life? It takes up a ton of my time. And I can say when I wake up every morning, like, I'm so much more excited to work on that than go, you know, sit at a desk fulfilling someone else's dream. Um, so I love it, but it's also mind numbing sometimes because I so want this website to become real passive income in the next, you know, 10, five to 10 years. Uh, so like it challenges me to be so patient and I have to remember to like, just do small things every day. Don't get stuck in analysis paralysis. Um, nice. Yeah. And one, one thing I forgot to ask, how, how many articles are on the site currently? I think there's around 60 to 70. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Very good. All right. So do you have any tips for people that want to replicate your success? Of course, the whole conversation, you've been providing tips, but if there's anything you want to highlight here that would be good. I think it's just important to pick a topic that comes naturally to you that you're already interested in. And also remember that just because you might not feel like an expert on the topic, like, oh, how can I write all these articles about this topic? I'm not an expert, but it's in the process of writing about these that you learn more and then it grows your interest and then you do slowly become an expert. So yeah. Great. Great advice. So we're not going to tell people where they can find you. We're trying to, you know, keep, keep your site somewhat private, but, um, what's coming up? Like, you know, you have about 60 articles, you have a pretty big vision. You want to earn some money. What's coming up, say in the next 12 months on your site, what do you, what are your goals? And I'll leave it kind of open so you can you know, describe it however you want. Yeah, um, I think from an overall site strategy, as I was telling you before, actually honing in on one topic more, because right now it is a little, not all over the place, but hitting on a lot of different subtopics. And I, yeah, I want to become the expert on one topic. And then I want to put out like an ebook or have some kind of downloadable that, you know, encourages people to sign up on my website right away. And that ebook should be like the hub topic to everything. And um, yeah, those are, yeah, those are the okay. plans right now. <laughs> and then do you have any specific goal on like how much content you want to publish or anything like that? Do you have like a big list of keywords you're kind of thinking about or anything? Yeah, I do probably have like 30, just not a huge list, but it's like 30 keywords that I could target right now and putting out, I'd love to be putting out, you know, six articles a month. That probably still sounds low. I know some people are doing like 50 article pushes in a month. Um, I just don't see that happening for me. Um, sure. Well, one, um, one thing I'll throw in, I've, I do a lot of interviews and a, there are, there's a, there's two different sets. So some people are like high volume. They're even using like AI tools and maybe the quality of the content's lower. They barely edit it or they have writers that are, you know, 
that don't care about the topic at all. They're just churning it out. So those are the people doing, you know, 50, 100 articles a month. Then there's another set like you that are writing the content. They're on their own. They're taking their own images. They're spending a week on one article. And that content is so much higher quality. Like it's the people that are earning the most seem to be writing the content themselves on, on sort of a, I was going to say a per article basis, but it seems like the revenue is pretty high when people are writing the content themselves because they care about it more usually. Thank you. I, (laughs) as you said, it's the slow burn, right? So it's good to hear that because, yeah, because I'm not pushing out these huge bursts of content. I don't see those huge bursts in traffic or keyword rankings. So sometimes it's like, oh, I, I would, I need that like reassurance yeah. that I'm, you know, on a good track. But um, yeah, well, and I can say too, like just going back to my older content and optimizing that and watching things jump from page three or to not even ranking to like page one or two has been super rewarding. So. Um, yeah, just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. cool. Well, you're, you're patient, you're working hard on it. So hopefully we can get an update from you in a few months or so and hear how things are going. And, um, do you want people to follow along anywhere? Do you want to provide any other information? And it's totally fine if you don't. Uh, yeah, I think I'm good for Perfect. now. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. Where I'm at in a few months. Cool. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, thanks, Hillary. It's been fun catching up and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Doug. Talk to you later.